Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am Charles Kalazi. Today is Sunday, February the 11th, 2024. If this were not a Sunday, it would be the feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. Uh, in the Novus Ordo Rite, it is currently the sixth Sunday of Ordinary Time, with Lent beginning this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Um, sorry I'm a little bit late today, but you can't accuse me of cheating and listening to another sermon first, because I went to the Latin Mass this morning, and in the Latin Rite, it is uh, Quintagesima Sunday, I think I'm saying it right, anyway, um, they do a whole different thing there and a different gospel reading. Anyway, our gospel reading today is from St. Mark. A leper came to Jesus and knelt down and begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it. Be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. This reading, I heard a good sermon on a similar, one of, the, one of these readings about the lepers. It might have been this exact one recently, and just the, uh, the priest that was preaching about it said, you know, Jesus traded places with the leper. I think about parents and their children often trading places. Parents give their kids the last piece of meat, the last piece of cake. Parents make sure that their kids are comfortable and warm and have everything they need. And as a result, they have to sacrifice their own comfort sometimes. They have to sacrifice their time. Sometimes they have to sacrifice uh, food. <laughs> There's all kinds of different things that are sacrificed when you love your children. Jesus loves us. Jesus traded places with the leper. The lepers used to be on the outskirts. Now he's healing them, and now they can be in regular society. But because everyone's finding out about Jesus, he can no longer be in central society. He can no longer be in the towns and the cities simply enjoying humanity like a normal person because they're mobbing him everywhere he goes. He's now on the outskirts just trying to get a little peace of mind in between ministerial appointments, uh, just like the lepers used to be on the outskirts. It says that Jesus was moved with pity for him. If you love someone or something, you make sacrifices for it. Jesus loves us, and he especially loves the poor and the sick, and he goes to the outskirts. He did this when he was here on earth. He favors even now the poor and the sick. And when our Blessed Mother appears in different places, she always favors the poor and the downtrodden. So she appears in poor places. She appears very often in places where the people are oppressed in one way or another. And it's in seeking to liberate them, but also to favor their innocence, their goodness. When little children see the Blessed Mother and they explain things that are theological, when 
I mean, when you, I'm thinking of Lourdes, which is today's feast. It would have been today's feast if it weren't a Sunday. I think of Fatima is a very similar situation. These children didn't know what they were talking about. The children at Fatima talking about Russia spreading her errors throughout the world. They thought she meant Rusa, the, the, the donkey. They, they had no idea that Russia was a country. And the thing is, even the older people in the town didn't really know that much. And they certainly didn't know that Russia would be spreading her errors throughout the world. Because at that time, Russia was still a strongly Catholic country. And it's a similar thing in Lourdes. Little Bernadette did not know the term Immaculate Conception. And I've heard different stories like this where the people who received visions of the Blessed Mother didn't even know that Mary had appeared on earth before. So they were innocent. They were simple. And so it led to the truthfulness of them trying to tell their stories. The story of Our Lady of Lourdes is such a beautiful story. I wanted to just meditate on this a little bit today. It's, it's very much along lines of the gospel reading. Mary goes to the poorest of the poor. I had an opportunity 20 years ago to visit Lourdes, and I was so, I was so moved when I visited the Cachot, which is the little basement that Bernadette and her family lived in. I think there were six people living in the room. It was a tiny little room. It was no longer good enough for the prisoners who were criminals in jail. It was no longer good enough for them. It was too cold. It was too small. And so Mr. Subaru ends up living there with his family because he was poor. He was struggling to get work. And it was cold. And and because it was cold and damp and very simple, this is why these three girls went out to find wood for a fire. And they went to the grotto, which essentially was a trash dump near the River Gav. And while they were searching for twigs among the trash, this is when Mary appeared to Bernadette. This is when Bernadette saw the lady. And Bernadette didn't know who she was seeing at first. She just knew that this woman was very beautiful. She was intrigued. She was drawn to go back there. And the lady told her to keep coming back. Bernadette wasn't even supposed to be in the town living in that dungeon of a room Uh, because she was sick. They wanted her to go live with her aunt up in the mountains. But she stayed in the town because she had not yet received her first communion. She was older than the other kids in her class, and I believe it was because she was sick. So she missed a lot of school. She wasn't a very intelligent girl, but she wanted to receive her first communion. She could have taken care of her health, but then it would have delayed even longer her being able to receive first communion. She wanted to receive Jesus. She put Jesus first. And so the blessed mother and our Lord Jesus put her first. And so Mary appeared to this little girl and the village of Lourdes was overall very poor. They were forgotten by the rest of the world. They were way out of the loop as far as what was happening in the rest of society. As Mary revealed to these people in her own words, I am the Immaculate Conception, very few people in that place understood, first of all, what Immaculate Conception meant, but secondly, the fact that the Pope had just declared it ex cathedra in Rome, an infallible teaching of the church, that Mary was conceived without sin, and that Mary never committed a sin her entire life. And so there's so much to say. And you're always going to find people who are sick, but especially in a poor village. And so the first miracles of the spring, 
which, by the way, led people to think Bernadette was crazy, that she's trying to dig in the ground and get water out of the ground and drink from it. The lady said, drink the water out of the spring. But finally, the water started to come out. And then, and if you've ever seen Song of Bernadette, it's such a beautiful story. It's a great book. It's a great movie. The movie won Academy Awards. The book is outstanding. Books are always better than the movies anyway. They have so many more details. But two of the first miracles are actually true stories, Well, to some degree. I mean, there was the man, Bouriette, who placed the water on his eyes, and he had been blind, and now he could see. And there was a little boy that was very, very sick, and that was... Um, it's hard to say exactly what was wrong with him, but he was like somewhat paralyzed and couldn't use his limbs properly, couldn't speak properly, and they bathed him in the water. I want to say he was about two years old, and then the little boy was healed, and the little boy lived a long, healthy, happy life after that. And then people came from all over, and whenever there was an obstacle placed in the way of the people coming to pray at the grotto and at the spring, there was always an intervention from Almighty God. I I failed to look up. I was looking up different things because I just watched the movie again recently, Song of Bernadette. I had done this as a play with some students of mine a few years back, and it's just such a beautiful experience. In fact, we prayed at the Lord Shrine in Emmitsburg, and the kids just loved it so much they didn't want to leave. Some of these kids, you know, they weren't even going to church regularly, but they recognized the presence of Our Lady there. And they didn't want to leave. They were so deeply in love with the peace and the joy that they found there at that shrine. This is what happens when Mary appears. This is what happens in a place where people pray. And so I was watching the movie, and uh, yeah, towards the end of the movie, they had closed down the grotto, and they said, and they found some legal loopholes, you know, uh, something about not being able to drink the water so it's not healthy for people to be there and drink that water, keep the people away. And the only thing that would overturn this was a decree from the emperor. And in the story... Then the emperor's son got sick, and so the mother demanded water from Lourdes, and then the son got better after he drank the water. And so there you have it, a decree from the emperor. I, I, I'll have to look that up and see if that actually do, really did happen in real life. Um, but so much of the story of our, the Song of Bernadette was actually true. Um, a couple, couple places there where Bernadette's words were not exactly what she had said in real life. Bernadette didn't really say much in real life. She was only in her thirties when she died. She had been in a convent, I believe for 13 years. She left Lourdes when she was 22. This all happened when she was, um, I want to say about 12, 13. And, uh, yeah, so some of the quotes from Bernadette weren't exactly the case. Like in the movie at the end, she keeps saying, I saw her, I saw her, I saw her. Whereas in real life, I forget, I forget what it was, but yeah, once again, this is, these are things we can look up, but St. Bernadette is a beautiful, beautiful saint. She was a simple young girl who had a simple love for Jesus, for the blessed mother, for her family. And she was questioned by authorities and they all thought that they could outsmart her into admitting that she had just been lying and they couldn't do it. They couldn't. She outsmarted all of them. But really, it was our Lord who was outsmarting all of them. Our Lord gave her the words to say, as Jesus says in the gospel, when you are called to the task, do not worry what you're going to say. I will give you the words that you will say. And this is what happened with Bernadette. So it's a story that we celebrate today of Our Lady just breaking through into our world in a place in a time of poverty. Now, if you go to Lourdes, it's so beautiful there. It still has the same natural beauty that I'm sure it had before. It's just that now there's tourism, you know, so that changes things. 
But I mean, Our Lady appeared at a time, just as when she appeared in some of these other places, where there was real poverty, where there was a real simplicity. And and even now, because of the nature of the place in, in terms of where it's set in nature, it's still very beautiful. Even with all the hotels that have gone up, it's still such a beautiful place to visit. And um, Our Lady, Our Lady broke through in order to give us endless miracles with all the healings that took place, but also to give us some basic messages. Pray for poor sinners. This is always the message of Our Lady. When she appeared at Fatima, she explained about heaven and hell. The ones in hell had no one to pray for them. So simple. She had said in different places at different times, the, one who's, the ones who go to heaven are the ones who pray. The ones who go to hell are the ones that don't pray and don't have anybody praying for them. It's a simple thing. Mary breaks through all of it, comes into our world, and reveals these messages to us to get us to pray so that we remember who we are. We're children of God. And in dialogue with Almighty God, we can move mountains. We can stop wars. We can certainly find peace and happiness and fulfillment for ourselves. It's simply a matter of being at peace before the Lord, spending time in prayer, pulling out those rosary beads. They are the weapon God has given us against the devil. And they are the greatest consolation, honestly. So as we begin the season of Lent, let's think, you know, in terms of how we're going to spend this Lent, what sacrifices we're going to make, let's think about it from the point of view of St. Bernadette or, or this leper in the gospel. How can we become the one? Jesus pities all of us because we're all far from him, you know, in one way or another. How can we become like the St. Bernadette's, the favorite? In simplicity, in humility, it's not a question of giving up something that you know means nothing to us or just having, having an, an endurance of wills contest for 40 days. That doesn't do us much good and that uh, you know doesn't help us spiritually and very often we don't even succeed. But rather, whatever we do for the season of Lent, let's make it something that makes us more childlike, more humble, closer to God recognizing our own weakness, recognizing how much we need him and becoming the poor little child like Bernadette was who jumps into the father's lap and says, father, Abba, daddy, I need you. Please provide all the things that I need. Please take care of me because without you, I am nothing with you. I have everything. Have a great day. Have a great week. And uh, we'll be talking more. (laughs) God bless you. 